Hello and welcome back to a special edition of It's Getting Late with Ivana. Today we are raising awareness for World Suicide Prevention Day, which is today the 10th of September. I wanted to make this special edition because, you know, mental health is such an important thing, not only just for me, but for so many people. And the main thing I want to do is try and get rid of some of that stigma make it more open and acceptable to talk about it, even on a podcast, and just make it a, you know, make this a place where people can have more information and more even support or just understanding of what it means to have mental health issues, what it means to be suicidal, anything like that. That's sort of what we want to do today. So let's get started. I just want to say before we start, just a trigger warning that we are going to be speaking about suicide suicidal ideation, suicide attempts, and, you know, other things regarding that subject, including mental health issues. So if you feel that that is too much from you or that it's not something you want to hear about or listen to, please feel free to, you know, skip this episode. Obviously, we want people to be in the best place possible and not have anything, you know, hurt their mental health. Put your mental health forward, of course. So let's get started. So like I said, today is World Suicide Prevention Day. What does that mean? What does suicide mean? What does it mean to start preventing it? Um, These seem like very simple questions, but I want to get into some of the terminology. So suicide is an attempt to take your own life. Um, And some of the things that go along with that are things like suicidal ideation, which is having persistent thoughts about taking your own life. There's also suicide attempts, which is the attempt So these are just some of the terminology. In recent years, more important things that have happened are the way we use language when it comes to suicide. Before, it was very common for people to say they committed suicide. But when we think of the word committed, you know, there's quite a lot of baggage and connotation that comes with that word. Things like committing a crime. And, you know, using that sort of terminology really puts a lot of sort of onus and even blame and also almost a criminal intent on someone who has committed suicide. And so in recent years, we have looked at that terminology and, you know, it has been deemed that we need to sort of change the way we look at it. So now things can be, that are commonly said, can be things like death by suicide or taking their own life, sort of different phrases to also get out of the mindset that suicide is a crime or, you know, that we should help um, hold people who have taken their own lives in a certain regard. Because there is a lot of stigma around people who have died by suicide. And some of that stigma also really stops people from getting help. And that's one of the things that we need to be aware of, is that when we put a taboo on the subject and we ignore it and we act like it doesn't exist or we give it such horrible connotations and inflictions, we are also committing to the fact that people are not going to want to reach out for help because they feel that they will be judged. And this is why language is so important when it comes to the subject. So we're going to do more on that. But first I want to look at what does it mean to be suicidal? Who can be suicidal? Often the conception is that you have to have some sort of major 
um, mental health disorder or depression or even bipolar, things like that in order to become suicidal. But the truth is, is that's not always the case. Suicide and suicidal ideation is not only caused by mental illness. There are a lot of people who have died by suicide without having a mental illness present. Some of those contributing factors can be things like bullying, things like stress, things like financial issues, lack of support, loneliness. There are a wide variety of contributing factors to why someone may take their own life. And these are important things to remember. Because if we want to deem it just one way or another, we are discounting a whole lot of group, sort of a whole lot of people that are at risk for suicide. And so it's very important that we don't just look at it, oh, they're fine, they don't have anything wrong, they don't have depression, they're all good. It does not mean that they cannot fall victim to it. More often than not, context is a huge, huge factor. There are many different factors, like I mentioned. One of them is your social and your environment. So if you are living within a household where you are struggling financially, you can't seem to find a job, you know, you are the support of your whole family, that amount of stress and expectation and struggle can put someone in the mindset that they no longer want to live anymore because they cannot handle that amount of pressure. Other things such as if you are maybe part of the LGBTQ plus community and you are in a household that is not accepting of that or not supportive of that and you live within that setting where you are not treated fairly or not treated well because of that, that can also lead to suicide attempts because you no longer have that support. And what is particularly troubling about this is this is more and more an issue of the youth. Many youths who are part of the LGBTQ plus community find themselves in households that are not accepting of their sexuality and gender. And the problem with that is that they end up either being, you know, um, exiled from their home or having to live within a household that is incredibly hateful towards them because of this. And if they are exiled, they end up homeless, maybe on the street without any support or care. So they no longer have shelter they no longer have access to basic necessities like food water clothing all of those things and those are other contributors that can lead to suicide attempts as well as the fact that they may be experiencing some sort of bullying or abuse because of it so like i said your social and environment is are huge huge contributors to this issue of suicide other issues that you might have are things like biological and psychological. So if you have a mental health issue like depression, um, more likely major depressions, clinical depression, if you have things like bipolar, schizophrenia, um, there are a multitude of different mental health issues that also come with the risk for suicide. Um, I think everyone knows more or less that depression is a major contributor and a major factor. But things like bipolar that people are not quite aware of. You know, I'm not going to go too much into bipolar and what bipolar is really about. We can leave that for another episode if you guys would like. But bipolar have some of the highest rates of suicide because of the absolute mood swings. Because you have your 
manic and your depressive episodes and some people have extreme manics and extreme depressive episodes when you're in that depressive episode you are at great risk for um, suicide suicidal ideation suicidal thoughts it also comes with the fact that some people cannot accept the fact that they are bipolar it still has huge stigma around it and even the way you know, people use it in society like, oh, you're so bipolar just by having certain mood swings or things like that. There's really, there's a lot of negative connotations when it comes to this disorder. And so people who have and suffer from bipolar are really at risk for suicidal ideation and attempts. So there are quite a few. It's hard to, you know, say them all because there are quite a lot of mental health issues you know, some of them are, you know, depression, not necessarily because of um, biological issues such as, you know, your levels of serotonin and dopamine. Um, sometimes it is you have situational depression. Sometimes you have just, you know, day-to-day issues and things that are causing your depression. It's not necessarily always a biological issue. So those are our main sort of contributors. We also have current life events. So if you look right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic, which has been so devastating to so many on different levels completely. You have people who have lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods, lost any sort of, you know, contact with people as well. There are people who may have relied on seeing their friends to actually keep them in a certain, you know, social bubble. And now that's sort of been stripped away and we now have to sit, you know, in a more isolated place. The people who might have been struggling from loneliness who are now even more lonely. And these are things that are crucial to knowing why someone may become suicidal or why they may be having that sort of ideation. So it's very important that we consider all these different factors when looking at it and not just deeming it to one group of people or one issue. It's very much not a one issue kind of thing. So the next thing that I want to talk about is how you may be able to help someone who is suffering from depression. Now, this is a bit of a difficult issue because there are a lot of misconceptions around it as well as there are with most things when it comes to suicidal thoughts, ideation, people who are suicidal. But it's definitely not a one answer to all the problems. Everyone goes through a different sort of mindset when they are suicidal. It's not something that is just, okay, do this and they'll be fine. It doesn't work like that. You know, the same way someone who has depression and another person has depression, it's not the same thing. People experience different waves of it, different levels of it, and people need to be treated individually for those issues. But there are some general things that you can do to help people who you think or even know are suicidal. So the first thing is talking to them. There's a huge misconception around the fact that if you ask someone that they're suicidal, you may trigger them to um, attempt suicide. That is not true. The fact is, is that if someone is suicidal, they're thinking it. It's already there. That thought is there. You bringing it up is not triggering that thought. That thought was already there all along. So that's something to keep in mind because that is a super important step to trying to help someone or even just getting them to open up about it. You know, often there's also a lot of anxiety if you are suicidal. 
about trying to explain that to someone because of all the stigmas and the judgment. You know, you feel like I can't tell someone that I'm suicidal because, you know, they're going to think I'm attention seeking or they're going to think that I'm lying or they're going to think so many different things because of all the stigmas around it. So you being able to open up that situation, being honest, being open, letting them know that they can open up to you about those types of thoughts is a great start. Even just going, you know, I can see you're down, you know, you've been acting in a certain way. Have you thought about taking your own life? And by opening that up and letting them know that it's okay to speak about it, you're empowering them to be able to discuss that kind of thought process and emotion, which is a very hard thing to do when you are suicidal. You're in such a dark and unhappy place that, you know, sometimes mostly, actually mostly of the time, you're not going to feel like you can open up about any of that or talk about it. So allowing that space, allowing that openness, that is a really great way to start that. It's a super important way to start it as well. So that's the first thing. Then making sure that you are completely judgment-free and you're giving them a safe space. If you're going to go into a talk with someone and they're going to start opening up to you about being suicidal or about their thoughts about suicide, you cannot show judgment. You cannot show contempt to what they're doing. You need to be completely open and understanding of everything that they say. Because the worst thing you can do is make them feel bad about how they're feeling. You know, that is something that they already do every single day, is feel bad about the fact that this is what they're feeling. What you want to do is allow them to have a space where they can be completely honest with you without you getting, let's say, over-emotional or upset or angry or confused. You need to just be able to listen and provide that space for them to express themselves and let go of some of the anxieties that they're holding about feeling this way that is extremely important and I cannot emphasize it enough that you need to be open and understanding on that note though you don't need to understand exactly what they're feeling or assume that you do you know when people are suicidal they feel already very misunderstood because they're going through something that is so dark and so horrific that they don't feel like anyone could ever understand what they're feeling right now and part of that is true it is a very dark place and so if you have not ever experienced that and even if you have it is such a personalized experience that you should not go into that conversation like oh I completely understand you and I get how you're feeling and no I I I, you know you, you I know exactly what you're feeling Because by doing that, you are slightly taking away the fact that they're experiencing something so terrible. You want to make sure that they know that you can't completely understand them, but you are willing to learn. You're willing to hear them. You're willing to work on their terms. At the end of the day, it is not about you and your feelings. It is about them and theirs. It is so important that we give people who are suicidal or having suicidal ideation a place where they can tell us what they need from us, not the other way around. And that goes to my next point about being solution-orientated. I'm not saying that you shouldn't think of ways to try and help someone with suicidal ideation. That should 100% be, you know, this should be 
some sort of thought of how can I get this person help? How can I encourage them to get help? But when someone's opening up to you, don't go straight to, okay, well, you need to do this and you need to try this and have you tried this and this and this and that and start listing a whole bunch of things. That's not productive. They just need a space to, first of all, tell you what's going on. Why are they feeling this way? If they don't know how they're feeling this way, they can just tell you what they're feeling. How long it's been going on. How much they're suffering. All of those things. That needs to come first. The listening and empathy needs to come first. Not the solutions. Because if you rush to telling them solutions, you are taking away that chance for them to finally not only be honest with their emotions, but start to even accept that they are feeling that way. It's a very hard thing to come to terms with the fact that you are feeling suicidal. Again, because there's so much stigma around it, but also because it's such a low thing to feel. So if you go straight to, okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is what you have to try, and try this and do this, and all of those things, you're taking away that opportunity for them to really open up and be honest about how they're feeling and what they're going through. And that is the first step to, you know, their recovery and their path towards a better solution. What I will say about solutions, though, is, you know, once you have established that almost discussion with them and that openness and they now are more willing to suggestion, what you can suggest is that they seek further help. Empower them to do it, though. Don't, you know, say, okay, well, here's a number for a psychologist. You should give it a call and leave it at that. You know, it's very hard to take control when you're in that position and very hard number one to open up to anyone but to open up to someone that you've maybe never met open up to someone who might want to put you in a hospital open up to someone who might you know tell you you're this this and that it's a very difficult thing to do so what you want to do is find genuine resources for them that can help them find solutions to this issue there is a reason behind the suicidal ideation or the want for suicide. It is not just, I want to die. The reason for them wanting to die may be because they're in a lot of pain, because they can't handle their current situation, because they don't see a way out other than that. And those are the things that need to be addressed. Those are the things that need to be helped along. So that's important. That is a super important point and what I can say best of all is just find things that are going to work for them. Again, suicide is individual. It's not a one size fits all. You need to find solutions that are actually going to help them and encourage them to seek help for what they're going through. So whether that be a telephone, telephonic helpline where they can just express more of themselves that they maybe can't do to you where they can stay anonymous so they don't feel the pressures of someone judging them or knowing them, or whether it be taking them to a hospital so that they can see someone. There are so many things within it, but what's important is that you do it on their terms and what works for them. So what's important also about that is what sort of what I've been discussing here is someone who has suicidal thoughts or is in su- has suicidal ideation. 
This is not someone who is actively pursuing a suicide. In that situation, the best that you're going to want to do is try and talk to them and also not assume or force upon them what you may want from that situation. A lot of the times people call, you know, before they commit suicide because they want to, they want someone to change their mind or they want someone to, you know, talk some, try and get them to, to stop that active pursuit. Other times, however, sometimes people call because they just want someone to be there for them when they finally decide to make this choice. It's not an easy place to be. But what I can say is that if there is someone that, you know, might be feeling suicidal and you really want to help them, what you can do is direct them to a counselor or to a psychologist or towards someone who is trained to deal with that because because it is a lot to take on it is a huge response not only responsibility but it is not an easy task and so you don't also want to feel like you now are responsible for that person's life because at the end of the day it is like I said individual it is someone's choice and whether they choose to go through with that suicide attempt or they don't, that is not on you. And that is a very important point to make is that you are not responsible for whether someone, you know, goes through with a suicide attempt or not. If, you know, you happen to be in that situation. What I can say the best thing to do is try and talk to them. Just speak to them. Try and give them as much as you can of tell me why you're going through this. Tell me how you're feeling. What's going on right now? Why do you feel that way? You know, do you think maybe you could try this? Do you think maybe you could let me call someone? All of those things that are super important is about talking and finding out what they will let you do with them. Being there in the capacity that they need. Not forcing things upon them because that can be very overwhelming. When you are suicidal, everything is very overwhelming for you. Emotions, pain, grief, life in general. It is a very overwhelming experience. So it is very important that when you are in, if, sorry, you happen to be in that situation with someone else, that you are not overloading the person and adding to more of that overwhelming feeling. You want to be as calm as possible and as clear as possible as well. So those are the main things that I wanted to discuss about suicide attempts, suicidal ideation. It is something that can exist within anyone's life. You may know someone who, you know, you think is happy and perfectly fine and carrying on and, you know, behind the closed doors, they could be thinking about suicide because of things that are not going on. So this is why it's so important to reach out to your friends, your family, people you know. It's so important to check on them, but also know that you've created a space in which they will tell you if they feel they need help. They will tell you if something is wrong. That's not to force anyone, you know. It's important not to force people to tell you about what's going on with them or how they're feeling because that can be just as intrusive. But If you've created an environment where, you know, someone tells you like, oh, I'm really not feeling well today and you go, oh, it's fine, don't stress, you'll be fine. 
or don't worry about it or it's oh, you're not that bad. By doing that, by reinforcing that idea of, oh, it's okay and nothing is wrong, you are telling them that their feelings are not valid and not worth exploring. So the next time you ask them how they're feeling, they may just go, oh, I'm fine. And this is what we need to be very cautious of, is the environment that we create with our friends and family, that they know that if they come to us and say, I am feeling terrible today, that we're not going to brush it off or tell them that they're overreacting, or tell them that they'll be okay. That we are genuinely going to listen to them and accept everything that they are going to say to us. Not judge them on any behaviors that they have, you know, um, exhibited. Not judge them on any actions that they've done. You know, people who are suicidal sometimes are can become very irritable. And they can become, you know, very upset and very have extreme mood swings. They may behave in sort of reckless behavior. And these are warning signs of someone who is suicidal. Not something to be judged, but to be looked out for. And like I said, it is so important that we look and give ourselves a great, you know, talking to about having safe spaces in which people can speak to us. It is so important. Because if we don't do that, If we don't, you know, allow people to discuss with us openly, they aren't going to. And they're going to suffer in silence. And this is what we want to avoid at all costs. So this is an important point, I think, for everyone and even myself. Is, you know, you have to think back and say, have there been times when people have come to me and, you know, try to open up to me and I've almost brushed it off? Think about that and and remind yourself to be more vigilant about the way, number one, we allow people to speak to us, but also the language we use. The biggest thing and takeaway, I think, that we can take from Suicide Prevention Day, in my opinion, is language and how we use it. How are we speaking to them? How are we allowing them to speak to us? What kind of stigmas are we creating when we make certain comments? What kind of spaces are we creating? This is the biggest thing, is that language is so vital in helping prevent suicide. By being open, by being understanding, by not being judgmental, by picking our words carefully when speaking to people about suicide or about their feelings. By understanding that we could never truly understand how they're feeling and accepting that and allowing them to be open and, you know, willing to speak to us. That's what I think the biggest takeaway I can say is of today. So this is what I wanted to sort of get onto the podcast and speak about, you know, it's quite a big topic. It's not as simple as this. This is a more sort of simplified version of what we can do to help people who may be suicidal, um, sort of what the warning signs are, like I've mentioned But mostly the most important takeaway, like I said, for me, is language. We need to be conscious with our language because it has an impact. Um, So some of the contributing factors, like I mentioned earlier, might be environment and social. And a big thing that I recently attended a webinar for was the role of social media and technology in suicidal ideation. 
And now a lot of you might think, you know, this is something you know about. Maybe you watched um, 13 Reasons Why and the idea of bullying and social media and how that may have contributed to that character's eventual suicide. Um, But it's more deep than that. I think when we spend so much time online, you know, stuck around a sort of negativity, we are, without even knowing, giving ourselves more negative thoughts So when you go into the comment section on some post that might be slightly divisive or that people have a lot of opinions on and you read all these negative comments from people, that can feel quite personal. And we internalize that. We take those comments and we apply it to ourselves. We apply it to our situation and we get upset. And by creating these negative thoughts, by allowing these negative thoughts into our lives, we are also allowing that to affect our mood And one of the greatest contributors to suicidal attempts or ideation is mood. You generally will be in a very, very bad or sad or angry mood when you're getting to the point of becoming suicidal, thinking of taking your own life. So this is a very important point is remembering that when you are consuming media, when you're consuming social media, to be very conscious of what you're consuming and what you're allowing yourself to breathe in day in and day out. I'm not going to say don't go on social media. That would be, (laughs) you know, it's a hard task for most of us. And I know some people take sort of social media cleansers, which is really great um, if that works for you, or they, you know, only allow themselves a certain amount of time on social media. You know, different things work for different people. But I think the main takeaway is don't follow things that you know are going to upset you. Don't bring that into your life willingly. Unfortunately, sometimes you may be on Twitter and something comes onto your timeline that upsets you. And I mean, yeah, it's going to happen and you're going to get annoyed by it or upset or it may have some sort of triggering effect. It's inevitable. The internet is vast and things may come on without even knowing it. You know, recently now there is a video going around of a man I believe an army veteran in America who committed suicide and that video has been shared on things like TikTok and something like that is so incredibly, you know, horrific and unimaginable to come across that maybe just on your timeline and have to witness that without knowingly doing so. That is traumatic. That can trigger PTSD. That can trigger all sorts of issues that you may have already been dealing with. You know, if you already are suffering from depression or suffering from ideas of suicide, seeing someone commit suicide on your timeline is going to be an extremely traumatic thing to go through. And this is why I say it's so, so, you have to be so, so careful about what you consume and what you allow into your sort of social bubble. It is an important, important factor if I could make one. So just be aware of that social media has a big part in our lives and it's important that we don't, you know, dismiss that aspect of it. Okay, so the last thing I sort of want to get on to, um, you know, just to sort of wrap these things up is, you know, I've spoken about how you can try and help someone. What are your your, um, warning signs, you know, someone who feels very hopeless worthless, irritable, they may be indulging in substance abuse, reckless behavior, irritability, things like that. Those are major, major signs uh, that someone may be suicidal. And when you see those, I think the best thing that you can do to try and 
help that person is to reach out more than anything and understand that they may deny it all and that may be because they feel like they can't open up to you and then we can look back towards like I mentioned earlier about creating a safe space in which people feel comfortable but it also may just feel like they, they can't and they may feel embarrassed or they may still be in denial about how they're feeling and you need to accept that pushing the subject matter also is not going to help if someone says no I'm feeling fine I'm really okay and they're adamant about it do not push it further than that because that may make it worse and it may make them close off even more so it's important that like I said language is important but also understanding people's boundaries you know if they're feeling suicidal they may not feel like they can talk about it Um, again this may be a context-based thing there are a lot of cultural considerations to be taken into account some people depression is not still not okay suicide is still seen as a huge taboo and a sign of weakness there are a lot of cultural considerations that also have to be you know really accounted for and kept in mind when discussing with someone you know if you know that in that certain society that suicide is unacceptable and seen in a very very harsh way you need to approach that situation with a lot more nuance than you would someone where suicide is something that they are more willing to discuss and more willing to be open about that's also a huge point but the main thing I want to say is that to all of those who are listening who may have been suicidal before or have known someone who is suicidal or have lost a loved one to suicide that all of your feelings about it and all that you've gone through are valid and you know, I want you to know that you are loved, whether it be from me, whether it be from someone else, whether it be from a friend or a family member, that there is someone who very much cares about you. And sometimes it's hard to come to terms with, especially with those who have lost family members to suicide. It's hard to come to terms with that. And it's hard to understand and truly comprehend the fact that they did it. But what you need to understand is that that person did not do it to hurt you or really even to hurt themselves, is that there was a deeper issue within them and they could not find a better way out of that pain or whatever they were going through. And that you need to accept that that has happened. And, you know, I'm saying this, but obviously this comes with time and I highly recommend some sort of therapy or support group for this. There are many great support groups that help loved ones, who have, um, people who have lost loved ones, to suicide many great you know organizations that also facilitate you need to try and understand that there's not anything else that you could have done and that you need to try and keep that loved one in the highest memories that you have of them and keep them close to you because they are not their suicide they are not whatever issue caused them to go through with that suicide they are your loved one And they had purpose and value. And then those who are struggling with suicidal ideation. I really urge you to reach out. And reach out to someone that you can trust. And you know will provide that safe space for you. It's a hard thing to go through. But it is nothing to be ashamed about. A lot of people feel this way every single day. It doesn't discount your feelings. Nor make it a statistic. Your feelings are completely valid. And maybe not completely understood. 
but they are worth listening to. And I really urge you to reach out. And to those who may not be feeling this way or lost someone, I urge you to reach out to those who you may think be going through a hard time. Obviously, don't just reach out to a random friends of yours and say, are you suicidal? That's not the sort of context where that should be applied. But just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you really okay? If you're not, you're welcome to tell me about it. I will be everything that you need me to be in this situation. And that's what I sort of want to leave this on, is that we all have a role to play in suicide prevention. We all have a role to play in helping others and trying to help them with this issue. And whether you be on the side of having suicidal ideation or whether you be on the side of helping someone with suicidal ideation, we all have things that we can do to help each other. And so what I'm going to leave you with is some ideas of if you are struggling or if you have a loved one that is struggling, some places you can go for help. The first one that I mentioned is the South African Depression and Anxiety Group has the National South African Suicide Helpline, which is at 0800-567-567. That is a 24-hour helpline that you can call and someone will be able to assist you. You can remain anonymous, you can tell them your name, and they will do their best to help you with what you're struggling with. The other thing I can recommend is reaching out to a friend. Whether you be the one struggling with suicidal ideation or whether you just be the one who may know someone who's struggling, reach out. I promise you it's worth it to talk about it. And find someone who truly will allow you to discuss your feelings and be someone who will allow someone to discuss their feelings as openly and honestly as possible. It's extremely important. And finally, what I can say is that this podcast is a place, like I mentioned in the first episode, that is understanding and open and willing to learn and grow. And if you feel like there are things that I've missed or things or language that I've used that has that have triggered or, or led to some sort of, you know, discomfort, reach out. Let me know. I want to learn and grow as much as, you know, I can. And the reason I made this podcast is so that I can discuss things and be able to have conversations and just explore my own ideas. But I also want it to be a place where people can come and feel comfortable, feel like they can learn more, discuss more and learn along with me. And so I want you to know that I care. I really do. And the best thing that could come from this episode is that you reached out and you were able to open up to someone or that you felt like you could reflect on the type of person you are and the type of conversations you're allowing in your life. So I'm going to leave you on that. Um, if you want some more information on mental health initiatives, places where you can go for help, um, other sort of more terminology around suicide, suicidal ideation, more information, you can visit our Instagram page where I've been posting things today because of Suicide Prevention Day. Um, that's at It's Getting Late Pod. And yeah, I'm going to leave it with that. Thank you all for listening and taking the time to listen to this very special podcast. I hope it has sort of shined a light on this, you know, rather taboo subject, something that people generally don't want to speak on. So I hope you have found it informative. 
I hope you have found it helpful. Or even if you had known all these things and you just feel like maybe you're being heard, maybe you're being acknowledged. I hope you do.